I wanted to um, just spend some time going on with what we've been looking at. Um, people's imagination, people's minds, people's prejudices. Um, lots of people get prejudices. They, they grow up with prejudice um, because they were taught certain things, they think it's right. If, if you're unteachable, no one can help you. There are, there's a society called the Flat Earth Society. Uh, and believe it or not, it still exists. Now we've sent rocket ships up, they've filmed the world going uh, revolving. We know it isn't flat, but there's still a Flat Earth Society. There just because a lot of people believe something doesn't mean it's right. But the Word of God stands sure. Uh, and I want to talk about the Word of God. Everyone wants to know what happens in the future. There's um, a lot of attitude to uh, future happenings. Uh, lots of Christians get caught up with what is going to happen. And um, when you get caught up with that, it can cause all sorts of reactions. And time and again, I have to come back to the fact that there are facts in the Bible that tell you, tells you what will happen, but it limits it. And I want to go back to where we were before. If you turn with me to Acts chapter 1, and verse 6, it says, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, this is the 11th saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Then they returned unto Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, uh, and so on. Now, I want to spend time just looking at the scriptures in verse 6 to 8. It's so important to understand, um, and if we were to divide it up, there are things which are not for us. And one of the things that's not for us, and it says it here, um, in verse 7, when they'd asked him and said in verse 6, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons. It is not for you. And there are things that are not for us. You will never get a map of the future 
occult powers seek to give you uh, a plan of what's going to happen. Uh, Christians work out systematic um, ideas of what's going to happen in the future. The truth is, it's not for you. And all the idea of um, dispensationalism is totally and completely anti-scriptural. God says it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. And yet, there's a lot of people who are just fascinated and want to know what's going to happen. Now the Bible makes it clear, and Jesus made it clear, certain things were going to happen. The angels that stood there said, you men of Galilee, Jesus is coming again. I believe that. The trouble is, it's not for you to know either the time or the season. It just isn't for you. Now if God says something isn't for you, and remember this, these are the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples on earth. Before he was received out of their sight, the very last things that he spoke you would think would be important things, wouldn't you? The last words are usually important, aren't they? And Jesus is taken up from them. And so the last thing he says to his disciples, who from this point on aren't going to see him on earth in the same way in bodily form he's risen from the dead and he's taken up into heaven the last things he says are these and it's important you realize that Christ wouldn't have said something that was irrelevant he wouldn't have said something that didn't matter he made emphasis of it you just don't have any data which gives you the times a lot of um, people, the cults, have all kinds of ideas of the times. And, and what happens, um, people who pretend they've got a prophetic gift work out um, times and they work out how old um, the world is and they work out when the world's going to end. And you've got a lot of people throughout the last century and the century before who were preparing for the end times and were expecting Jesus Christ to return they expected everything to end the world was going to burn up Christ was coming to establish his rule on earth and a lot of people got caught up with ideas of when's it all going to end and wanted a kind of map of how it's all going to end well Jesus' last words on earth were to tell people it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. There just is no data available to Christians from God giving you specific times and seasons of when things are going to happen. And if you believe there is, well, you're really believing what cults believe. And I, I, I listen to people say to me, Oh, these are the last days. They're not. They're not the last days. Because eternity is an endless time, isn't it? Okay, well, there aren't any last days. Because uh, I believe in eternal life. You've got eternal life, haven't you? So what are you worried about? It says, take no thought for the morrow what you shall eat, what you shall drink, or what you shall put on. 
if you did know the time scale, what would it do? Supposing you knew the end of the world was coming in three weeks' time, it would probably send you into a blind panic. I've got grandchildren, they've got a future. Uh, why? Because they're my grandchildren and the promise is unto me, to my children and to all that are far off. So, hey, I'm not a believer in, you know, uh, this kind of fatalistic thing. And as for just waiting for the Lord to return and quitting on everything, life's too wonderful, let's get on with living. Let's enjoy the blessing of God. Let's do what God's put us on the earth to do. Let us not do what he hasn't put us here to do. Don't speculate about what you don't know. Speculation's dangerous. There's a lot of people that end up bankrupt in the world because they speculate. They get their money and they gamble it on the stock exchange and they gamble it in things. You better know that there are some things that you are to receive. And Jesus, he balanced it. He said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, there's going to come a power and authority upon you, he said to his disciples, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. You've got to go and wait in Jerusalem and you're going to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea. And the power that's going to come is going to make you into something. God is never in the mythical business and God is never in the business of doing things that have no sense. He wants you to know and to receive. And the disciples were told, look, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. Now, let me make it plain that a lot of the charismatic teaching about the Holy Spirit is totally erroneous. The idea that the Holy Spirit is somehow separate from God, the Father and God the Son, is not true. The Holy Spirit comes to show us the things of Jesus, comes to remind us of what Jesus said and what Jesus did, it comes to bring the reality of Jesus Christ into our lives and his authority. The Holy Spirit does not save. The Holy Spirit does not heal. The Holy Spirit does not usurp Christ's ministry. He is the Savior, he is the divine physician, he is the one who speaks from heaven, Spirits come to transform your life, bring the life of Christ within you, and He is your power and the source of power and authority to live a transformed life and communicate and be a witness. Now, you're not to act as a witness, you're to be a living witness. That means you're going to be able to say to people, I know because God did this for me. You're not giving a witness by saying, well, Jesus came 2,000 years ago. You can say what God has done for you. And you say, I know it's true because God lives in me.
I know it's true because he transformed me. But you, when you declare the truths of what Christ has done, it's by the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not a historical thing you're giving them. You're giving them words of life by the authority and power of the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of people who have a lot of brain power and a lot of understanding, but they're not endued with power from on high. The power from on high is the Holy Spirit. And he said, you're going to receive this Holy Spirit so that when you speak, when you stand, when you witness, you will have authority and power. And you'll be a witness to me everywhere you go, in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. This power that's going to come within you is going to make you a witness to me. Not a witness to something else. And if you look at it very carefully, you'll realize what Christ was saying. You shall receive power, verse 8, after the Holy Ghost has come upon, me, upon you, and you shall be witnesses, what? Unto me. Not unto the Holy Ghost. Don't ever get the idea that the Holy Spirit is ever going to draw attention to himself. If you go to a church and they always talk, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, and Jesus is left out, I want to tell you, it is not the church of Jesus Christ. And it's not the Holy Spirit who's doing it. He never ever came to speak of himself. Now, do I believe in the gifts of the Spirit? Of course I do. Uh, and what you have to understand is that the gifts of the Spirit, all of them, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, are still part of the church. They're in the Scriptures, and there is nowhere in the Scriptures where the Bible says it will cease. Only when that which is perfect has come, and when the um, eternal... Uh, the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven and we have a new heaven and a new earth and all evil's taken away and we know even as we're known at that point we don't need the gifts of the spirit if everyone's healed you don't need a gift of healing if everyone's living in perfect health you don't need miracles do you if everyone has everything they need their perfect health, perfect life, all evils taken out of creation, you are not going to need someone to come along and prophesy. You're not going to need someone with a gift of discerning of spirits. You're not going to need miracles. You won't. But that hasn't happened. Until it does happen, Jesus Christ, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, if you look and you're honest, when he was on earth, he healed the sick, he delivered the captive, he was a witness to the life and power of God. And if you are honest, and have any integrity at all, you must confess that if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he does the same today as he did when he was on earth. He hadn't changed. He heals the sick, he delivers the captive. He's a good God. And the Holy Spirit has come to make us witnesses to Jesus Christ. Who he is, what he is, and the reality of his power. 
And that is essential for every Christian. I believe every Christian should speak in tongues. Not every Christian does, but it's a gift of the Spirit. It's the only gift that's for personal edification. You edify yourself. I think it's essential that people realize you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. And just to say, oh, well, I know I'm filled um, because I believe in Jesus. Well, the disciples believed. They'd healed the sick. They'd cast out devils. They'd done many wonderful things. And Jesus said, you tarry in Jerusalem till you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, you can't deny it's in Scripture. And you better make up your mind whether you're going to believe the Bible. Now, if you're going to tell me something God gives that's wonderful you don't want then all I can say is don't call yourself a Christian because I want everything God's got I'm, I'm the type of person if God wants to give me something I want it my wife gives me birthday presents when she remembers which is always and I try and give her presents when I remember which is always it's terrible when people get locked up and they say, oh no, God doesn't need to bless us. Now the power that comes, the gifts of the Spirit, are not for any other reason than to be witnesses of Christ. Tells us about Him. It lifts Him up. And that's what He came to do. When the Holy Spirit comes, one of the things you get is you get moral power. You get the power to make the right moral choices. You get the power, which is spiritual power, so that when you pray, you know God hears, and you know things happen. And you also get a, a distinctive authority that a man of the Spirit has where for some unknown reason he just has authority and that bugs other people the one thing they don't like about people is when they have authority the criticism of Jesus this man speaks as one who has authority and if so be the Holy Ghost has come you'll find in situations you'll have authority it'll upset people that you've got it but it's there why is it there because the Holy Ghost lives within you and he will make you a pain to other people because when you're around them they'll find that that authority will convince them of sin it'll convince them of righteousness and it'll convince them of judgment and they just can't get away with it inside no matter how they try and put it off it gets into them and it bugs them and that's what God always intended you see in a lot of churches you could go there and you could listen to the preacher and it wouldn't matter what he said it wouldn't affect you uh, he might say the same things as someone else but if he has no authority it doesn't get inside you but there's an annoying habit when the Holy Ghost has met a man that it bugs you inside you might not like to admit it but it'll get inside you there's no way you'll get away with it. God's God. That's what's so wonderful. And Paul said, you know, it's the foolishness of preaching that saves people, 
but man gets up and then the authority the Holy Ghost works and there's no way you can gainsay it it's just there authority is in a man because the Holy Ghost has come and you can't push it off now there are certain things the Holy Spirit will make you when he makes you a witness he transforms your life inside once you were a sinner now you're a saint once you were bound by things now you're free once you were locked up in yourself and selfishness now you care about other people you come out of your closet and out of your little world and if you're truly filled with the Holy Ghost it makes you a totally different person than the person you were born and if that hasn't happened you are not a Christian you might believe all the right things but you're certainly not a Christian if you haven't got total new life if you're not born from above if the Holy Spirit hasn't come inside you and transformed you you are not a Christian you're just religious that's all you are just religious and there's a lot of people like that go to church every Sunday but the truth is they have a code of conduct like the Jews had but they're not Christians there's never been a time when Jesus Christ has got inside of them and transformed their inward beings and they have a living relationship with God where they know the reality of Christ's power and they've become living witnesses to a living God that's what happens when you're born again really born of God's Spirit not when you get saved and you make a declaration and you believe Jesus has forgiven your sins that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about when you're filled with the Holy Ghost power comes either you have it or you don't people will come they said of the um, disciples they knew they'd been with Jesus so they're unlearned people but they've been with Jesus there was something about a man who knows God he's just different and if God has really met you and filled you there's something different it's just there and if that hasn't happened to you you've not received the Holy Spirit you haven't come into life and you're in trouble because you're just religious uh, there's lots of people that just oh you know I believe this I believe it well if it doesn't work what's the point in having it it's like a soldier going out to fight in the army latest rifle I'm effectively armed gets to the front line and when he gets to the front line and the enemy starts to rush and a sergeant shouts fire he turns around and says I haven't got any bullets fat lot of good that is and it's just as hopeless no point in rolling up a cannon and getting it all ready getting it in place and then you turn around and you say I'm sorry with no ammunition and that's how a lot of Christians are they've got all the facts no power no real weapon to use 
And if God doesn't fill you, you're powerless. It's religion, but it's powerless religion. And God intends us to have power and authority to do the work, and you can only do it by the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, that power is totally and completely destructive to sin and the work of the devil. Jesus Christ was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. When you become a witness, what you do is you destroy his work by your life, by your preaching, by your teaching. The devil doesn't stand a chance because you have a power that's greater than him. And a witness is your life. Is that clear? I don't bother about the devil. He, he was defeated 2,000 years ago. As far as I'm concerned, he's in trouble, not me. I don't worry about disease. God came to heal the sick, deliver the captive. I don't worry about what's the troubles of people's minds because my God is able to recreate the mind and give me the mind of Christ and you the mind of Christ. We have a God who can meet every need we have. And all you need is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The disciples waited at Jerusalem till the day of Pentecost was fully come. That's in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, God poured out the Spirit, and he does it today in exactly the same way. There is no way that anyone who's a Christian uh, can say, well, I'm really living the life unless you're full of the Holy Ghost. That is what I believe. But I believe it's so important to get your eyes off everything else and realize what God sent you to do. Jesus Christ sent us to be witnesses. We're to live our lives to reach a sin-sick world, not to tell them what the future holds, but to tell them that there's a Savior who redeems, who heals, who delivers. And we're not concerned with the things that don't concern us. What I find, in, it's amazing, but um, when I worked in business, I found people were always pontificating about things that didn't concern them. They always wanted to stick their noses in where they didn't belong. Well, the future is not your business. Your business is the present. My God is the I am. Not the I will be, not the I was, but the I am. When he spoke to Moses, he wanted people to understand he was the present God. Not the past God or the future God, the present God. And in life, we've got to live. I can't change yesterday, it's gone. I can't stop tomorrow, it's going to arrive. But I jolly well can live different today. It's what I do today that God's interested in. This whole notion uh, of um, setting times on things. If you've got a time, a limited time, you'll never live the Christian life if you think you've got to race around the world trying to get everyone saved. What you're called to do. You're called to be a witness. But you don't witness in panic. 
God's got time. Time's on our side, not against us. Uh, and I live with the attitude of, I can only do what I can do. And what I can't do won't get done. And if God doesn't equip me, and God doesn't witness it, and God doesn't do it, it's a waste of time. I just get on and do the next thing. But I'm a today person. I haven't got a vision for the next 50 years. I won't be here. I won't, I don't think I'll live to 108. God put me on the earth to be a witness to him. If I have to live to 101 or 108, fine, you know. So God better give me the strength to do so. And keep me fit and well. What I want to tell you is, is not for us to know the times or the seasons. God's put us on earth with a purpose. Alright? You're here with a purpose. Your only purpose is to win the lost to Christ. To lift him up. Let people know there is a saviour, there is a healer. And to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And to be a living witness to his power, his love, his life. Don't ever get caught up in the wrong thing. Don't ever make doctrines of the Holy Spirit. There aren't any. If you look in scripture, you'll find a lot of it. Paul, when he wrote to the Corinthian church, he was correcting abuses. It wasn't a blueprint of how to function in the Spirit. Um, God never ever wrote the Bible with explanations of um, exactly how to run a church. He wrote explanations of how to correct the mistakes. And you need to understand that. Our God's a very, very careful God. And here we've got the last words of Jesus on earth. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons. You'll receive power for the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be a witness. Is that plain? Got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Got to have life gotta live don't ever let anyone tell you it's not important you have to be filled baptized with the Holy Ghost essential part of our life and may I say I heard some I didn't hear them someone contradicted me the other day when I said God doesn't love everyone they contradicted me let me tell you this God does not love everyone Bible says so it says Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. And the word meant hate. God is fussy who he loves and who he hates. Don't ever get the idea that God just loves everyone the same. He doesn't. If you believe that, you're wrong. God is choosy. Very choosy. Um... I find a lot of people want to take the sovereignty away from God and make him like man. He's not like that. He foreknows exactly what you'll do. He knows exactly the choices you'll make. He knows exactly where you'll end up. He's a good God. Merciful God. Loving God. But he's also a God of vengeance. God of holiness. God of power. And if you take that out of the Godhead then you haven't got God at all. You've got 
something that's created as you want it to be. My God is so different. Okay? Is that plain? What about the future? It's not for you to know the times or the seasons. So if you've got a Schofield Bible, burn it. Don't give it to someone else and damage them. Uh, it's the most awful, blasphemous thing. Uh, don't get into dispensationalism. Get into Christ. Live in the power of the Spirit. Live for God. That's the way it's to be. All right? Is that okay? You know, I, I want to be plain and confrontational. You've got to be confronted. No point in beating around the bush. People woke up as kids worried whether the Lord had returned when there was a thunderstorm. Or worried about worried. Don't worry about anything. When he comes, every eye shall behold him. He's only coming once. And if you're pre-millennialist, you're in trouble. If you're post-millennialist, you're in trouble. If you're a-millennialist, you're in trouble. If you're a Christian who believes it's not for you to know the times of the seasons, you're doing okay. All right? Is that okay? Let's all stand. Let's lift our hands to heaven. Father, I just thank you. You always hear us. Lord, I pray against every disease, every sickness, every bondage. Lord, in your mercy and your love, just reach out and heal them, I pray. Right now. In Jesus' name. Amen.